has been done in the main auditorium, so which is just looking amazing, and the sound is going up, the projectors are going up, there's things going up everywhere, uh, and the councilman was through this week, so please be praying for the councilman. Uh, he's given us a few things to think about, um, but, uh, but it's just so exciting to see that. I'll make sure, I promise I'll have a video for you next week. So exciting to see what God is doing there, eh? Amazing. The Rubik's Cube. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, this thing here was one of the biggest challenges of my life. The biggest challenges of my life. And because no matter what I did, no matter what I tried, I could never, ever get it to do this. Now, I borrowed this off some, a family in our church, and they handed this to me already done. Uh, so I'm not sure whether they cheated and pulled the parts away or whether they actually did it. But, but as I was growing up, the challenge of trying to of do this, I would spend hours and hours and hours. I, was, I, would, I would turn them around and I would try and get all the colors together. The best I could ever do was to get two sides. And, and that was about it because this, no matter how much I tried, no matter what I did, I just couldn't complete this thing here. And, and, and it was such a challenge for me because I just I, I thought I'd, every now and again I'd cheat as well. And, and, and you try, because you can actually pull it to bits. You can pull the parts to bits and, and then you can kind of click them all together. Uh, and, and so, so I, I suppose I did do it a couple of times, but I didn't do it by right means. I cheated with it because it was so challenging. My brain just wouldn't work to get these things there. And, and now you look on Google, you can go and look on YouTube afterwards and someone can do it in like nine seconds. I don't like that guy right now because he, he could do it in like nine seconds and then there's some other people that do it blindfolded and you've really got to not like them. And, and they can just, without their eyes closed, they can spin this thing around and, and pop it down in 10, 19 seconds they can do it. But for me, I just couldn't get the hang of it and it just, just never, ever seemed to work. And, and, and this year, as we, we look at, start our Christmas series called Wonder Today, we're going to pull out some, some different principles and, and parts of the Christmas story uh, that we, we know pretty well and we know really familiar. But this year, I thought we'd do something a little bit different and pull out a couple of things about, about the Christmas stories and things that we can learn from it. So, so I'm pretty excited about some of the things that we're, we're seeing and, and that you can actually see in the story. But, but this morning, I think you're the same as me, uh, and we all have challenges that we can't solve. We all have challenges and things that we don't know what to do about. Because in, in our own minds, if, if, like if, you're, if you're a male here this morning, you think, well, we can sort everything out. Uh, there's there's got to be a book to read, there's Google or there's something, because males, we can do it ourselves. We don't need any help. We can do it, and we can solve it. <laughs> there's one male in the house today that's... And the thing is, the thing is, is that in our own minds, sometimes we, when we look at our lives and the challenges, maybe that you're facing tomorrow morning, when, when we start looking at our world, and especially this time of year with just the, the, the rush and the, the, the media that's going on and the, maybe the tiredness that's kind of creeping in as we aim for the, for the last part of the year, this, the challenges that we seem to face seem to be growing and growing and growing. If you weren't here last week, please get online and listen to Pastor Luke's message because last week he talked about a mustard seed and the mountain. What does the Word of God say? It says if you have faith like a mustard seed, as big as a mustard seed, you can tell the mountains to move and they will. And, and, and this morning, you know, the, the challenge that you're facing may seem like a mountain, but all you need is a little bit of faith and that changes the whole perspective on the way you look at your mountain. You, the mountain may look massive to you, but God looks at it and thinks, well, what's, he can't actually even see it just about. The size of your 
mustard seed of faith, you only need a little bit to see your mountain move. Challenges are the same. The challenges that you're facing right now uh, may seem huge and they may sound big, but this Christmas, I'm just believing that, that through this story today, there's, there's some things there, hopefully, that you can take away that will help you as you go about this. And, and, and it's just amazing to see. It's amazing that we all, we all start to think about how can we fix this? How can we fix that issue, the, the thing that we're trying to push through, the thing that we're trying to solve? How do we make it better? How do we um, sometimes make it go away? How do we make it disappear? And, and I think the reality is that, that we're all the same. We're all the same. I, I think you're the same as me. And when I look at some of the challenges with, with, our, with our finances or challenges in relationships, challenges with, with work or home, sometimes it, it feels like it is so big and there's no way through this Christmas, I'm believing. We only actually have to look at, uh, at media at the moment and see what's going through government. The challenge there of, of, the, of the abortion, end of life bill, all of the, the legalized cannabis, all of these kind of policies and bills that are, that are coming through, there's challenges there for us as well. Everywhere we look, at times there can be so much in the way of challenges, but I need to tell you this Christmas, this Christmas, that one of the names for God is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with you. See, the mountain that you're facing or the, the challenges that you're facing right now, God's got a plan for it. God's got a way through for it. God's got some thoughts on it. And, and you know, one of the things I've, I've kind of learned about God is that, that when I'm close to him, I can hear him speaking. When I'm when I, when I develop that relationship with him, that he, I, I can understand or I can read in his word what he's, the solutions that he's got for me with everything that we face. I think the same thing is for you, that Emmanuel, God is with you. He, he wants to be with you. Maybe you might say you're here this morning and you're saying that you're far away from God. I, I think a lot of the times, if we're all being really honest, it's us are the ones that move, not God. You know, through, through our challenges, we get, we get hurt, we get frustrated, we get tired, and we, and we move away, we walk back, we, we stop get, getting connected in with some of our, our, maybe our Christian friends, people that are praying for us. We, we stop going to small groups, stop coming to church on a Sunday because of whatever's going on. Maybe we're too busy, we're too tired, we're, we're too hurt, we're too bent. You know, I, I kind of think that sometimes church is the best place if you can put a tick on one of those things there. If you are... If you are hurt, if you're burned, if you're, if you're tired, come to church. If you're so tired and you need to bring a bed, bring a bed and come to church. It's, it's kind of one of those, don't bring a bed, it'll be awkward, but <laughs> sleeping bag. But it's kind of one of those things is that, you know, as a part of a family or part of an army, you run to where your support is. And not the other way. And, and I, I just believe that this Christmas, you know, God is, is the one that we need to run to. Uh, he promises that he is with us and, and will never leave us and, and forsake us. And, and, and when we look at the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph, can, can you just imagine what they, were go, that they went through for, that, for what, the part of the story that they, 
they had, they were told, you know, the angel turned up and, and a great vision and, and for each one of them. And, and then, they, then they had to leave. The Mary had to hop on a donkey. Imagine that. There's no political correctness in that anymore. And, and let alone to the very night of, of when, um, when Jesus was about to be born, when she was about to have her baby, the hospitals were full, the inns were full. There's no political correctness there. That We would have some suing going on and all sorts of stuff these days because there was no space there for her. And, and then the only place they could find was that animal barn. Just imagine the newspapers getting hold of that today. Uh, that wouldn't go right. There was no midwives around. They had to do it themselves. Just, just the challenges that they faced. Uh, if like for maybe for some of us, I would have like given up. But how, how many, many of you know if you've if you're wives or you've you've had babies in your families, you know you, there's no stopping it. If they're coming, they're coming. It doesn't matter where you are, in the car or the shop or the plane or whatever. They are coming on the ferry coming from Waiheke the other day. When babies want to come, they will come. And poor Almeri and Joseph just facing so many challenges with this that, that a lot of us maybe would have, would have packed it in or given up or tried another way. But, but the, whole, the whole story of around Mary and Joseph really comes to this point of that they were dependent on God. They'd heard from him. They were convinced because the way it was all happening was not the way that they had planned. You know, they, they were starting to get ostracized and they were, they were engaged to be married, but they hadn't. And then this happened and, and, and then it was just like a mess. It wasn't the way that they had planned. Challenge after challenge after challenge. But, but here's the thing today that we're going we're gonna to dig into a little bit deeper this morning. And this is, is simply this from what Pastor Luke mentioned last week, faith. And I want to suggest today that faith equals dependence on God. Dependence on God. One of the biggest areas where, where you and I depend on someone the most is, where, is an airline pilot. Whenever you're flying from anywhere, uh, just when you start to think about it, and hopefully I'm not going to scare you off flying right now, but, but when you think about it, you don't know... Uh, who is flying your plane, right? You don't know if he got 99% on his final airplane test or whether he got 3%. Uh, you, you, you don't know who he, if there's actually a pilot there. <laughs> but we trust, we depend on that person that is flying our plane to take us from one place to another. Because the reality is, is that when you're 30,000 feet up, going like 900 kilometers an hour, strapped to a seat inside a metal tube, you, you are trusting in his ability. You are trusting in the pilot's control, the way he can control the plane, the way he can take it up and take it down. And For some of us, we're quite happy when it's nice and smooth and we're flying along in the plane, but, but when we fly into a cloud and you look out the window and there's a bit of turbulence going on and some of us will do all sorts of things. We will, we will kind of, we think the pilot, when it's smooth, we, we trust him and he's doing really, really well. But, but when we go into cloud or it's dark and you can't see where you're going, it gets a bit bumpy, we, we start to get a little bit nervous and wonder, what is he doing? And, and, and it, sometimes we do this, and you can answer this uh, for yourself right now. What do you do in those times when you're in a plane and it's dark and it's bumpy? Do you, A, want to know who's flying the plane because you think you can do a better job? <laughs> B, maybe this is you. Suddenly, you're flying into a crowd. You leap up. You walk past the hostess. You run into the cockpit door, and you bang on it saying, what are you doing? Or C, do you sit back and relax, trusting in the abilities 
of the pilot and the crew. What do you do in that situation? See, depending on God is, is exactly that. It, it doesn't mean acting foolishly. Uh, there's a difference between trusting in God and depending on him and then putting God to the test. There's a difference. So, for example, for example, if you were to drive home today, you may, you may close your eyes and release the steering wheel saying, I'm going to depend on God alone to drive me home. <laughs> I'd just like to say at Elam Christian Centre, we don't condone any behaviour like that. <laughs> drive carefully and say, see, that, that would be foolish, right? But we do depend on God for, for our, our safety and our well-being as we come and as we, as we go. See, like Mary and Joseph, they, they, had to, they come to a point where they had to depend on God. And, and, and depending on God, is, is sometimes it's just not seeing, seeing all the steps in, in line, it's, but it's taking one step at a time. It's, it, it's about maybe you've experienced some challenging times in, in your life and, and there was nothing else you could do. Because I, I think we're, we're all the same. At some point in time in our life, there will come a point uh, where it's almost like God is, is with you because he says he never will leave you or never forsake you. But there's a point where you have to almost like give up and say, God, you do what you got to do. Because nothing you're trying is working. Nothing you're doing is working. Dependence on God. And, and, and so I, I kind of got thinking, so what, what does it look like to depend on God? And, and, and the first thing is this, is to be dependent on God, we need to pray. Uh, pray, prayer is just the acknowledgement of God's power, His promises, His provisions in your life. When you pray, you show your dependence on Him. The, the second thing to depend on God is to, that we honor the Bible. The Bible is God's Word. It's His very breath. It's His, his instructions, His examples, His promises, His love, His hope for you. If, if you're not reading it every day, come on, I, I, I think we've we got to do this. We've got to get in and read it every day, not because we have to or to tick a box, but it, because it's life, it, it's breath, it's the very breath of God in there. It will help you and, and, and take you on. The third thing is this, to be dependent on God is to do right at all times, not just in private or when people are looking at you in all situations and, and leave the results to God. To be dependent on God is to become a living sacrifice, an interesting one. Romans 12 verse 1. It says this, it says, says to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And, and, and essentially, when, when, when we do that, when we become a living sacrifice to God, we, we, we say, we, God, this, this fight is not just our own. We, we're not going to keep fighting and doing things for our own. We're not going to look after our own rights anymore. But we are going to trust fully and wholly in your strength and in your ways. The fifth thing is this, to be dependent on God is to stand with Christ. The Christian life is, is not just something from 10 o'clock on Sunday morning till quarter past 11. It's not a secret rendezvous down some dark alley. It, it, living with God, standing with Christ is, is making him your dwelling place. The place that we run to. The place like, like living with him and for him. Number six is to be dependent is to refuse to worry. This I don't know about you, but this is a big one for me. Refusing to worry. Because God cares for his children, right? We would say, yes, he does. And, and when we, sometimes when we keep some of that worry, that anxiety, that, that pressure on ourselves, it's, uh, it, it kind of causes us to, to, to doubt God that he really cares. 
Because we, what we're really saying is that, God, I can sort this out myself. And then some of us, can, we can stand on a fence and, and say, well, God, I can kind of, I'll, I'll kind of, if it works for me, I'll, I'll do it this way. But, but God, um, refusing to worry is, is something that I think we all probably need to work on and ask God, God, you've got to help us with this. It will take years off your life. He has an abundant life for you. It's amazing the, the disciples come to Jesus and, and said this, this. They asked him, who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And, and Jesus gives them this answer. They're in your notes this morning. Why don't you read along with me there? Matthew 18, verse 2 and 4, it says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like a little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. One of the greatest qualities of children is that they are dependent on others for their well-being. And as God's children, we can also share in and develop that quality of depending on a loving, caring, heavenly Father for everything we need. This morning, I've, I've got three quick things that to help us in our challenges because I, I just know if you're living and breathing, we, we all face things. And, and I think this Christmas story has got some real gems for us to, to take away and help us on our, on our week. The first thing is this, is in our challenges, uh, we, we need to know, understand that God provides. God provides. Luke 1, 35, verse 38. It says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And just remember Mary in this part of this story. Her world is turned upside down and she can't see the way forward. And, and there's a life-threatening situation going on for her. And, 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 but she needs to be able to depend on God with what God has said to her. And, and God does this, uh, has an amazing, uh, provides this amazing friend for Mary and Elizabeth. I, I don't know if you're one of the other names for God is Jehovah Jireh, which means he is our provider. And through my life, and I'm sure through your life too, we've seen God provide for you in so many different ways. And one of the ways that he provided for Mary to help strengthen her faith and to give her some person to give her some wise counsel and to help her, to, to give her a safe place to, to maybe vent or just to talk. And, and that person was found in by God providing this cousin called Mary. And Mary was married to one of the high priests at the time, like a, like a senior pastor, I suppose. Uh, his name was Zechariah, and they weren't able to have children. And, but she, Mary, uh, Elizabeth, at the same time as we saw in the scripture there, Elizabeth became a pregnant at the same time. And God provided an incredible strong friend for Mary uh, and, and through this difficult time. That similar kind of things, what Mary was going through herself. It's like someone she could confide in and, and talk to and be there for her. And, and, and like, why is when we Mary wake up in the morning and then she's been sick, sick in the morning, someone to comfort her and be with her and to help her, maybe someone to talk to and to, to, to give her some wise counsel or understanding of what's all happening in the bigger picture here. God had an amazing friend to provide for her. 
Just a few weeks ago in, in Waiuku, we had an interest night uh, just, for, just to really put it out there for, for people who are maybe in the area who would be interested in and, and to finding out more about Elam. And, and one of the things I loved about there, we had a, a bunch of people show up there and, and, and attend, and it was so good. And, and, but it was the amazing thing was one of the highlights for me was just listening to all of the stories. The, the stories that come in of their of trials and triumphs and and, and people and people that were just was lonely and, and and people who were who were struggling and and to hear those stories and just to hear how how a, a one thing on Facebook or one little leaflet in their letterbox made a difference and something in their hearts is I gotta I gotta be here I gotta try this and so there was a bunch of people come and just to be able to talk with, with people. It's amazing how God supplies, how God provides in big things and in little things. He says he will provide for all of your needs. Jehovah Jireh is, is who God is. He's the God. And I, and I know in the challenging times that we face where God will provide people and friends and a church family to, to support you and to encourage you. And, and, he, and those friends, those wise friends can provide give you incredible counsel and wisdom and, and prayer and support for your advice and, and solutions to things that you are facing. That, that's why, church, you, you probably hear us every week, we say small groups are really, really important. It's a place where you can connect and do life together, no matter what age or stage or where you are on that journey. I want you to know today that God provides in our challenges. The second thing is this, is that God guides us in our challenges. God Guides. Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, uh, among women and blessed is the child you will bear. By, but why I am so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. This is Elizabeth. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary is a normal person, and she's trying to depend on learning to depend on God after, after an angel of the Lord uh, tells her what is going to happen and what she's going to do. And and the baby, that how important this baby is that, that she is going to bear. And it, it sounds like a challenging situation for me. And what does Mary do? Where does Mary go? What, what does, who does Mary tell? Who can she trust? Uh, who, who will get this? Who will understand? Well, God guides Mary to Elizabeth, a, a person who can, she can talk to and, and trust and, and, and someone who will give her guidance in the step that she's going through. One of the things I love about this church is just the way that this church family is full of incredible people with amazing gifts. People, I, I hear stories every week about, about people helping each other out or, or, or going to people are, are in need and they're, they're going around and they're providing things or they're giving some uh, wisdom or some, uh, guiding people uh, in situations that they're facing. We, we have some great courses that run through the year and and one calls Valiant Men and Cleansing Streams and, and some to help marriages, our marriage course. And, and there's been some amazing guidance in there for people because here's the thing. I, I, I think w w sometimes we think we know it all, right? But sometimes we need a helping hand. Sometimes we need guidance to help us through the situation. I want you to know God guides. Band, if you want to come right now, that would be just great.
The third thing is this, is that God resides. When you go to London and you, you, if you have the privilege or, or maybe driving past El Buckingham Palace, that's where the queen resides. That's, where, that's her residence. That, and you know that she's there because it has a flag out the front. If it's, the flag's up, apparently she's there. If the flag's not up, she's not there. But that's where she resides. That's where she hangs out. That's where she lives. Luke chapter 1 verse 56 says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months before returning home. Mary actually hung out with her, spent a lot of time with Elizabeth. God had provided this lady Elizabeth to help Mary and, and, and Elizabeth had given her some amazing guidance as well. And, and, and what happens is, is that when you, when you dwell somewhere, when you reside somewhere, you get to know the person of the house really, really well. So why, why scripture talks about, talks about us dwelling in the presence of the Almighty, about dwelling with him. And, and there's a promise that God makes to us. He promises to be there. He promises to be there for you. Remember, Emmanuel. It's like in those moments of, of praise and worship this morning, you know, just standing there and God's doing stuff in, in people's hearts and and sometimes yeah, people are people cry or people are just deep in, in thought in those times of worship. That that's like God being there, touching your heart and touching your life. It's it's like having coffee with someone. It's and talking with someone when you're unsure about decisions and what to do next, about your future, about your day, but God is always there. He promises to be there. See, when you have more questions than answers, and you, you learn to, and you lean in and you ask the Lord, what, what would He do if He was in your shoes? Because He has been there. He promises to be there for you. He is Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, to be there. See, in your challenges, whatever you're facing, I just think today, God wants you to know that He is with you. He will guide you. He will provide for you. Hallelujah. Why don't you close your eyes right now? Father, I pray for just every person in this space, in this auditorium right now, Lord, just facing challenges, Lord. Challenges in, in life or in work or home or situations. I go, Father, I thank you that right now, would you, Lord, would you give us that overwhelming sense that you are with us, oh God. Lord, for those who are, who are doubting right now that, God, are you even there? Are you real? Lord, I pray right now, would you speak to heart? Lord, would you show them, Father God, this week, just your amazing provision, Father God, that, that without a shadow of a doubt, you are with them, oh God. I, I pray that you would provide, you would open doors, you would, you would heal, you would restore this week, Lord God, I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, for those who, who are facing challenges, Lord God, that right now are so big, that it's, that it's stopped people in their tracks, oh God. Challenges that there just doesn't seem to be any way through or around or over. Lord, I pray right now, 
Holy Spirit, we, we speak to these situations, oh God. Lord, would you heal relationships, oh God? Would you show next steps, Lord God? Lord, because your word says, Father God, just, it just takes a little bit of faith, Lord God, to see a mountain move. So Lord, I pray, would Lord, faith to rise in hearts and lives, Lord God. Dependence on you to rise, Lord Jesus, that you'll be our first port of call, oh God, that we'll run to you, Lord Jesus, with whatever we are staring at right now, oh God. No matter what the size is, Lord. Father, I praise you this morning, oh God. You might be here and you might say that you're far away from God as well. I want to give you opportunity right, right now to say yes to Jesus. So if you've never taken that step. And, and what that is, is, is that we believe that God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. The, the, the thing that separates us from, from His is a thing called, a, called sin. And, and that creates a, a, a cavern or a gap that... That we, it's like a broken relationship. But Jesus, God come, sent His Son to die for you and for me to pay the price for that debt. On the third day, He rose again and He conquered hell and sin. And, and He did that all for you and for me that we may be, live a life of freedom to live eternity with Him. To be able to, to be called a child of the living God. So this morning... What I'm going to do, I'm just going to pray a real simple prayer. And if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, I just want you, and silently in your heart, just pray this after me. Pray, dear God, I know that you love me. Lord, thank you for sending your son for me. I believe that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again for me, that I might live free. Lord, make me brand new I choose to live my life from this day forward for you in Jesus name so every eye is closed and I'm going to count to three really quickly and no one's going to be looking around just just me and if you prayed that prayer you really meant it you want to say yes to Jesus this is all I want you to do I just want to invite you to, to lift your hands so I can see straight up and straight down that way we can get you some, some help and some resource. So let me count to three and then you pop your hand straight up. One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. See that hand, see that hand. Hallelujah, pop your hands down on that side. Anyone else this morning want to say yes to Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we praise you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love and your goodness, oh God. Lord, I pray that you, this season as we run up into Christmas and the new year, oh God, that that your word would come alive to us, the story of, of Jesus would come alive to us. Lord, I thank you that you guide us, you provide, Father God, and Lord, you reside, Father God, with us, that you are Emmanuel, God, with us. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Church, can we give a big round of applause for everyone?